Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Uh, we've been talking about vision, and I am going to put my two cents worth in. Um, what I love about vision, and what I actually really love about this church, is that this church has always had vision. It's, it's always had the, a, 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 the vision of there's a better day. We're never satisfied with the way things are. We love and appreciate and are grateful for the way things are, but we're always looking to the future for the best day for our best days are ahead of us. And um, Pastor Phil is an absolutely, he's a, he's a phenom, actually. The way that he is able to see the things that aren't and, and lead us in a direction to make them become a reality, the things that aren't to make them become a reality, is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that we could all just give him a clap right now. Um, that... It takes big kahunas to do that, and it takes, um, you know, I just said that. That's all right. Some people are looking at me like, you just said that. I did. Welcome to real life. Um, big kahunas make things happen, and that's a fact of life. You can look it up in the encyclopedia. Um, that's actually profound, big kahunas in life. That actually is true on so many levels. So, but I'll let you think about that later. But Pastor Phil, he saw this place before it existed, before he even owned the land, before, like, we, I, okay, so I've been in this church for almost 20 years. That's a long time. Um, wow. And I remember meeting in school halls and Pastor Phil would tell us that we are going to possess some land and we're going to get a building on it which is just a totally far out crazy thing. And it just didn't, it, it, it was so hard to comprehend, but that's the beauty of having a leader that has vision. They have this ability and it's such a good thing. It's so comforting to me to know that I have pastors that are always believing and stretching out into the future to lay hold of our best days, not just uh, for themselves, not just for the church collectively, but for us as individuals. I know for a fact that Pastor Phil and Julie pray for us individually to see our best days come to pass. And I'm just, that's a blessing, guys. This is an absolute blessing to be a part of. So thank you so much, Pastor Phil, for your vision. Um, and if you were to strip back our vision as a church, if you were to get down to the nuts and bolts, the nitty gritty, to get to the thing behind the thing behind the thing that drives it all, you would see Pastor Phil and Julie simply, this is the driving force, this is the heartbeat. They love God and they love people. If you want to know the bottom line, the baseline of our church vision, it's to love God and love people. Everything else blows up. It's like, I won't say that, um, because, yeah, uh, I, hate, I always find myself in awkward moments, don't I? I shoot my mouth. That's my problem. I was going to talk about the Big Bang, and then I realised people would get offended, and so I won't. So I'm not. If you are, sorry. Um, but it's like there, there's this... There's this 
uh, singularity. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this, but it is. It's love God and love people, and everything just blows up from that, and all the different ministries, all the things they do, everything has this heartbeat to it. And I've seen Pastor Julie do this over and over again for 20, almost 20 years. She, everything she does, everything you do, you should never say she when you're there. Everything Pastor Julie does comes from a place of loving God and loving people. And again, I will just say, we are blessed, church, to have such incredible pastors. It feels good, feels safe. I have confidence that I will get to my best days. I will see that this church blessed because I know that my pastors are fighting for that as well. And I just, yeah, I've gone on and on. I didn't mean to do that. I'm supposed to be getting through a message really quickly, but I had to say that. Um, and so our church's vision, it pulses with uh, loving God and loving others. And you saw on that video that we um, uh, played the other day, um, if you notice uh, in the, all the outtakes and all the, um, what do you call them, bloopers, I didn't have one. Just saying, I didn't have one. I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of other people did. Uh, in particular, a um, tall person could have red hair. Don't know if she's here either, so that's sweet. I'm not going to get busted for saying that. But um, that was awesome. I didn't make one mistake, so I'm practically um, perfect. My work here is done. Uh, enjoy your lunch and have a great day. Be like me and you'll do well. No. <laughs> People are laughing, that means that they know that was a joke, that's good, and that you should not try to be like me. Because, uh, you know. Uh, so anyway, church's vision, it pulses with loving God and loving others, and I just, I wanna encourage you this morning to get involved, to be a part of this church vision. Like I was saying before I got severely distracted, there was a video, I got distracted by me saying how good I was. Isn't that the worst thing a preacher can do? That's pretty much preaching 101 Bible college. Don't talk about how good you are because it gets you off the track. But in the video, you see all the different uh, ministries that we do and all the incredible people that are involved in them. And I wanna encourage you this morning, if you're not, um, doing anything in church, if you're just coming here spectating, that's great. But can I encourage you, if anything, if anything moved you, I would um, encourage you to, to get part of a team, be a part of a team. And if you felt like there was absolutely nothing you could do, that you had nothing to do in any of those ministries, can I suggest this? This is the most important thing. Join a connect group. Join a connect group. And I believe that as you join a connect group, you'll all of a sudden find, if you're not already in one, that, oh, actually, I do have stuff to offer and I can um, lay my hand to the good work that this church is doing. So please, the, the whole idea of me saying this is because I know for a fact that God has given every single person here and in the world gifts and talents. And gifts and talents are specifically used to love God and love others. And that's what we do. That's our heartbeat. That's what we want to do. That's what's in you. 
And I just want to encourage you to exercise that, experience that life, and enjoy it, and help us move to our best day. Awesome. Um, I think I've done such a good job at getting that stuff said. Now I want to talk about uh, something else. Who loves the Bible here? What happens in the Bible, whenever I read it, I find all these, these, this cool stuff. At the moment, I just can't get out of like about three or four books. I just, I just have to keep reading them over and over again. And I'm stuck there. I mean, I'm, getting, I'm sucking all the life and extracting everything I can out of them because they're just so um, deep, so layered. But um, something that I love about it is that you can always find something deeper, a little more deeper. And I just want to encourage you, please, if you're not reading your word regularly, <laughs> um, do it. It's really, really, really important. A lot of people go, well, I don't know, I don't have vision or I don't know uh, who I am or what I suppose. Read your Bible. It will help you. It will help you. It's not this, um, <laughs> I, I find it so funny that as Christians, we struggle to read the Word of God. <laughs> and I, I do, I actually do that. I struggle at times to read the Word of God. Isn't it the strangest thing? Um, it's, it just shows how um, funny humanity is. But can I encourage you, getting sidetracked again, read your flippin' Bible. It will help you. Yes. Um, That's good. Good preaching. In the very beginning of the Bible, which is a library of incredible books, don't just see it as a book. It's actually a library of heaps of different books, and all of them have amazing stories and and life-giving wisdom and It's incredible, but at the very beginning, there's a book called Genesis, and at the very, very beginning of that, uh, uh, there's there's a poem that describes how everything came to be, uh, a poem that describes the origins of the universe, and it's beautiful, and it's layered, and there's so much wisdom in it. You can pretty much preach on the start of Genesis for a year, I reckon. Uh, there's so much in it. Um, and as it moves through the, the creation story, it gets to this moment where it describes life. Life first enters the earth, life. And it uses this word in the Hebrew, dashar. Um, now, I have touched on this before because uh, it's just phenomenal, but um, can anyone say dashar? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Hebrew language, beautiful. Until it starts doing all the things where they sound like they're hocking up a loogie. Have you ever noticed that? Hang around a good rabbi and you will feel like he needs to spit, but he doesn't. I'm not being right. Oh, gosh, I always run my mouth. Um, So anyway, deshart, this awesome word. I don't know why I'm so high right now. I haven't had coffee, Red Bull. I haven't had anything. I've had an apple. Oh, it was the wrong fruit. Damn it. So high in sugar, Evan. And Jess, it's so high in sugar. No wonder I'm... Pi- oh. uh, so anyway, Deshar is this incredible word, right? And it, it has all this imagery. Deshar is a verb. This is the moment that life enters earth. Life. Okay, Life. And the moment life enters earth, he uses this, this, this doing word called dashar, and it means to sprout, to burst forth, 
to spring forth, to, to become something that wasn't is now there. And it's, it's not, because it has life, it isn't still, it isn't static, but it moves. It moves to a direction. It, it's springing forth. And that's how the Bible describes life, the very moment it enters the universe. And it's just a beautiful picture, I find, that life is, a, is not static, it's, it's moving. So life, what's in you right now, for it to be authentic, is to be moving. And it's moving in a direction, there's a becoming happening inside of you. There's, a, there's some sort of sacred rhythm of movement that's taking you to a place that you aren't already. This is good. Put your hand up if you have life in you. Yes, not many people. We may have some zombies here. A lot of hands didn't go up. I've heard a good, good wound to the head fixes any zombie problem. Um, there's some other ways, but... Uh, dear Lord. So we got life. It's moving. And uh, now vision. What is vision? What is vision? It's the ability to see something that is not present. Um, and what usually follows vision, good vision, a good vision uh, that is, is projected usually has uh, the implementation of strategies to make the thing that isn't a reality. All right, that's, that's what vision is. And, um, and I love it. And I love the way that we've always talked about it. And we've always put things in place to get to it. It's awesome. So just remember that, Desharp but we're going to move on to personal vision now, guys. Personal vision. Personal vision is to see a way in which we are not already living. And the point of it is to help move you towards that new way, right? Is everyone following me? Yeah, so good vision sets a goal to grow towards. A good vision sets a goal for you to grow and move towards and it, and it will uh, provide a way for you to achieve it. So that is awesome. We have life in us. We're meant to grow. And good vision is really, fundamentally, what is vision about? It's about us growing. It's, it, it has a point. Sometimes we think of vision as this crazy thing that's just out there and what's the point? The point of vision is to grow. It's the point of vision is dasha. It's, it's to make us progress, to spring forth and go somewhere we haven't already been. That is the whole point. So the church's vision, it's, the point of it is so that the church grows, not just in number, but in its beauty, in its, um, its own unique personality that we have as a church. We're growing into who we're on a ever, this, this eternal it won't be eternal, but it's for a very, very long time of becoming. We're on a journey of becoming. No one has made it yet. No one has made it yet. And the Bible talks about when we will, and that's a pretty long way away for hopefully all of us. And so um, we are in a constant state of becoming. When we're not, not so good. That would indicate life isn't really there. You know how the Bible says a man without vision perishes because that means that you're not growing. And when you're not growing, there's not really any life in you. No life in you, you're dead. 
That's why you will perish, because without it, you'll stop growing. Okay, this is very, very good. Um, so yeah, we have personal vision, and it is to set goals for us to grow, right? Um, now, I want to talk about the ultimate goal to grow towards. I want to talk about the thing that if you do this, everything else is going to work out. <laughs> I feel like I'm a salesman. But this is the truth. You get this right, you buy into this, this vision, everything else will work out. I know a lot of us in the new year, it's now February, in the new year we set goals to achieve, we, we, we cast vision for our own personal life, get healthy, uh, get smarter, get wiser, do this, do that. These are all great goals. And what I love about our church is that we believe in your goals, that we um, are behind you in your goals, and we have pastors that are praying for you to achieve your goals. Um, personal goals and, and, and all uh, their vastness are great, and we love them, and we encourage you to do them and to succeed. We love you. Of course we want that. But I want to talk about the ultimate goal, the ultimate point of growth the, the, the ultimate vision for every person's life. That's what I want to talk about. Because I believe that if we get this right and don't stand on amps, we are going to have a very successful, very enjoyable, and just such a blessed life, the way it was meant to be. Okay. So, let's just have a look at something here. What is our ultimate goal? What are we trying to grow towards? Uh, what are we moving, what are we becoming? At the culmination of the ages, the all-powerful, mystical, master plan of God that was there from the beginning started to play out. This all happened at the culmination of the ages, just in case you didn't know. It was the culmination of the ages. Love that. Um, God came to earth, Right? A couple of thousand years ago, God came to earth. Amazing. Um, in his full, not a scary, I'm talking in his full, nothing was left out, in his full divinity. But he also came, and this is what I want us to really, really think on. He also came not, not, not a little piece left out, but in the fullness, in his fullness, he came in his full humanity. Fully divine, fully human. This is a mystical, profound thing that um, is just so beautiful. And if you're a thinker and, and like to think on this, this crazy thing of full divinity and full humanity, um, Try not to get caught up on the why, uh, sorry, the, the how. <laughs> how does that work? But look into the why he was fully divine and fully human. And that's a whole other message. So you can do that in your own time. Fully divine, fully human, profound. Um, and Jesus lived the greatest of, uh, example of what it is to be human. Jesus lived... The perfect life. The perfect life. Humanity, perfect. He lived it perfectly. Being a human, he nailed it. 
Excuse the pun, Lord. <laughs> he nailed it. It's okay. He's cool with me. He gets jokes. Uh, he loves it. But he did nail it in his full humanity. Nailed it. Did it perfectly. And if you stripped back everything Jesus did on earth in his full humanity, everything he did, what was the thing behind the thing, behind the thing, behind the thing that got him to, to be able to do the life that he lived? It was that he loved God and loved others. It all came back to that. There was nothing else. Everything came back to in Jesus's life the, the thing that enabled him to live a perfect humanity is that he was always fully loving God and fully loving people. And that's how he nailed it. That is it. it wasn't this crazy thing that he was, he wasn't so concerned about not doing this, not doing that. All he was concerned with was loving God and loving others. The rest worked itself out. So, what did Jesus do? He loved God and loved others. He spent so much time in prayer. He spent so much time scrambling up mountains to get in the zone. Uh, he, he fasted. He did all these things. He, he went away to just be with God, his Father. He did all these things. So often, it's, there's so many accounts recorded in the Bible that he did all these things to be with God. What was behind that? He loved God. He loved God. And then he does all these other things that are, that are documented. He healed people. He spoke to people. He dignified people. He healed. He um, raised from the dead. He preached. He, he taught people a new way. He, he did all this incredible stuff. He discipled people. He spent time with people. He lifted people's chins. He washed people's feet. He did all this incredible stuff. How did he do it? Because he, his engine room, his, his main vision was to love people. Jesus' main vision was to love God and love people. So going back to our ultimate uh, vision, uh, what it is to be human, what it is to be a Christian, um, it's, it's this. The goal is to be like Jesus. That is our standard. Jesus set the standard, the perfect standard of how to be human. A lot of people sometimes forget that he was fully human. Jesus set us the goal, the standard for us as humans to be able to do. Sounds crazy, but it's biblical. <laughs> so the goal for us is to be like Christ. And if, our, if we set our goal on that, if we set our vision, if we set our, uh, our growing and springing and, and a movement towards that, then we are being fully human the way it was meant to be intended. And everything else is gonna work itself out. This is the truth. This is the truth. All your goals, if they come before that, there's an imbalance. It's, a, it's, it's what I would call slightly unhealthy. When you put this thing in place, everything else works out. If you don't have vision, if you don't have any vision for your life, let me tell you something. If you make your vision and make your goal of growth to become like Christ, 
And by that I mean to fully love God and fully love people, that's it, not too complicated. If you make that your goal, I tell you something, I will actually guarantee you will get vision for your life. You will receive fresh vision for your life because when you do these two things, everything works out. You are, when you do these two things, you're actually living the fullest human experience. You get these things, you work towards them, you grow in them. It's not something that we're gonna get perfect, right? Right from the start. But when we are just focusing on it, when we stuff up, we don't turn away from it. We just keep moving, we keep trucking towards it. When we do that, we experience life the way it is intended to be. So, that is our goal. That is our vision. Make that our main plain vision. It is to love God and love others because we have the perfect example of Jesus Christ who did that. Um, Awesome. So let's just have a look at a few scriptures to wrap this thing up. Usually when I preach, I usually get a big chunk of scripture and we go through it and we work all through it, but I'm going to get a little bit um, Pastor Phil on you and just drop, start dropping scriptures. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to just have a look at it. So, Let's have a look at 1 John 2.6. Let's have a look at what it says. It says, whoever claims to live in him, or we could say, whoever claims to be a Christian must live as Jesus did. This is the goal. That's pretty simple, right? That's our goal. That's what we're working towards. And what is Jesus all about? I'll say it again. Loving God and loving others. Um, are we going to struggle at it? Yes, of course we are. I, I was surfing yesterday and there was a guy that frustrated me so much. He was burning and snaking me, for all of you that don't know what that means. He was being very rude and impatient and not waiting his turn. And I wanted to just, <laughs> I wanted to do some terrible things. And I was like, no, Lord, look, no, no, no. I, I just got to chill out. Got to chill out. Um, don't do that, Luke. Don't do that. Just chill out. And a great wave came that he got to take off on. And I couldn't help myself. I dropped in on him. I may or may not have grabbed my butt cheeks and shook my butt at him and went in. So, of course, we are going to struggle at times. And we will blow it at times, just like me. There you go. I blew it, didn't I, guys? These two guys were on the sand looking at me. They're going, what is boy doing? What? What? what is going on? Um, it's okay. It's okay. You're not going to get it perfect straight away. Um, forgive me for that, Lord. Oh, gee. Bless that guy wherever he is with more patience. Um, and we're just going to keep moving on. So, of course, we're going to struggle. But uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, even he, this, and we're talking about the Apostle Paul here, the probably the most influential human besides Jesus that ever walked the earth. Um, the Apostle Paul, even he struggled with it. And let's have a look at Philippians 3, 13 to 14. It says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Talking about being the perfect human. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I've gotten a hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Let's just quickly stop there. 
Has anyone blown it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anyone get hung up on, on it and, and just can't move? You know what the Apostle Paul says? That happened back there. Leave it back there. Let's keep trucking. He says, forgetting what is behind. Forget, forget about it. Um, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ. This is, this is you guys. God is in the future. He's in your past. He's in your present. But God's in the future going, come on, keep growing. Keep coming to me. Keep becoming more like Christ. This is awesome. Don't worry. See that stuff? Don't worry about that stuff. I've sorted it out. I actually sorted it all out. Just keep coming. Yeah. So the, the point is to not focus on perfection. Uh, instead, see, this is what I'm talking about Jesus before when it probably wasn't so much focusing on what not to do, the things not to do. I can't do that. Okay, so don't do that. I can't, that, no, no, no. Oh, 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 no. Don't focus on being perfect. Focus on, this is, this is, what, this is what's gonna work for you. Focus on loving God and loving others. You focus on that, you're going to pull into the slipstream of perfect humanity. That's what being a, a, a human is. Jesus came to tell us how to, a new way to be human, and that's how you do it. Love God and love others. So don't focus on uh, the perfection. Focus on loving God and loving others, and you'll be perfected without even realizing 1 Peter 5, 10. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you. If you look at the Greek there, there's some other words that come around the restore, uh, that, that mean restore. The, the Greek that's used for restore actually translates to words like complete or perfect or perfect. So let's just read it like that. Will himself not just restore you, he will perfect you. He will perfect you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You live a life of loving God, loving others. It's not our job to make ourselves perfect. It's the good work that Jesus Christ did for us that will make us perfect. We don't have to worry about the perfection. We just got to worry about loving God and loving others. The rest, the, the whole perfection thing, God's got it sorted. He's already done it and he's going to, and he is working it out as we speak. We are in a constant state of dashar, constant state of becoming. This is beautiful. And so we're going to wrap it up with one more scripture in Ephesians. And I've nailed this on time. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians 5. We're going to go one to two, and we're going to look at it in the New Living Translation. It's really cool. I love the way it says it. has a bit of a Yodaism at the start. If I was going to write the New Living Translation, I'd probably put therefore first. Reads a lot better. That's just me. I'll read it the way they wanted to. Imitate God, therefore, in every... No, I'm not. Therefore, imitate God in everything you do. Because you are His dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Jesus Christ. Full stop.
hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ.